That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, this is it. The Super Bowl for preaching. All those semi-sober people filling churches on Christmas Eve. But before we start talking about how we would reach them with the gospel and reduce them to a quivering puddle of tears and emotion open to the Lord's work in their life, how are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Um, Gosh, um, it's hard to believe we've come around to another Christmas. I think I'm feeling... uh... Feeling uh, overwhelmed, you know, a pageant is uh, about half full. Um, so I think, you know, uh, you know, we're going to have Mary also play Joseph this year. So, uh, <laughs> so I think uh, it, is, it is just one of those, it's, it's one of those interesting years. So uh, we'll see how we all come out of it. It's another COVID Christmas. Yeah. Well, ready or not, here we come. So Christmas Eve. As we say every year to your people, to you listeners, when you're talking to your people in the church, please keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it to the point. Do not make it about how Joseph had to take cold showers for several months, as one preacher I <laughs> once heard address the crowd on Christmas Eve. Are you that serious? Is, I kid you not, and it didn't go great. So, Damn, that was going to be my illustration this year. <laughs> all the parents haven't explained to their kids on the way home. What did he mean? So... Don't do that. Don't get creative. I mean, moderately so. But really, the thing is the baby Jesus, and you want to focus on that. So the readings are Isaiah 62. So by the way, in the Episcopal Church, there are three options. And in the RCL, Revised Common Lectionary, one, two, and three. We're going to talk about two, just because, heck, we like it. Reading number three is usually what's used for, or selections number three are used for Christmas Day, and they have, as the gospel, always John 1, and we'll say a little bit about that. So this episode's going to be for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the themes are essentially the same, so we're going to try to to wrap all that up. So for the Christmas Eve readings, the ones we're looking at are Isaiah 62, 6 through 12, Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7, and Luke chapter 2, and in parentheses, verses 1 through 7. But for real, verses 8 through 20. So for this, Jake, as we begin with Isaiah, this passage about gates and highways and stones and Zion and a city not forsaken and sentinels on walls, uh, we're probably not going to preach on this. But if you were, (laughs) what would you say? Well, you know, I think uh, that the very opening line about a sentinel uh, reminds me of um, the 1977 horror film, about uh, called the Sentinel, and actually I was with uh, uh, Paul Zoll uh, just recently. He walked me to the apartment uh, in Brooklyn where uh, the movie takes place, which is supposedly um, uh, the gate, to, the the entryway to to the gate of hell. And uh, and anyway, it is guarded by a Catholic priest who uh, keeps the minions of hell right out there. And uh, and uh, the Lord has posted his Sentinel in Brooklyn, and he has also posted a Sentinel upon. Uh, 
upon uh, the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, this is fulfilled in you, uh, dear preacher, as you proclaim the good news of the coming of the Messiah. Uh, That's what tonight is about, is that um, salvation has come, and it has come in flesh, and it has come as a little, little baby. And uh, because of the work of this child in the manger, uh, you and I are now a holy people, a redeemed of the Lord, and uh, you shall be called sought out, and uh, despite what your life looks like, a city not forsaken. And with everything going on and, uh, you know, um, uh, all of the unmet expectations of the Christmas season, to know that you have been sought out. Uh, Maybe you've been left. You weren't invited to your uncle's house for Christmas dinner. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, you weren't invited to that holiday party. Maybe you didn't get that raise at work. Well, uh, you also belong to a city that's not forsaken. And I think that if I was to preach on Isaiah 62, uh, 6 through 12, I would take it, uh, this passage, and wrap it in a giant bow of comfort. And to everyone Mm -hmm. who's felt left out, I would be that sentinel that proclaims, because salvation has come in flesh, in a baby, uh, you have not been forsaken by the Lord ever. Your salvation has come. Yeah, this has, you know, your grain will not be food for enemies, foreigners shall not drink the wine that you've labored. Basically, you won't feel like you're getting a raw deal anymore, like you're not getting the short end of the stick. You're not having people take the things that you made or you try to build something and it collapses, which is how much of life feels and has felt, gosh, for the last two years, but even before that, we think that everything was perfect pre-COVID. It wasn't. It just was bad in a different way. But it is a common experience to feel like, Things never work out the way you want, and this, and so what Christmas comes, what this passage does, it says like, God's putting the world back together, and uh, so whatever you can do to convey that image of peace, help your people kind of see that in their mind's eye. Imagine if they could rest. Imagine if the, you know, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, physically, that feeling of rest and like everything's okay, and there's nothing more you have to do, and you're loved, and maybe you've never really felt that. But if you've yeah. come even close to that at some point, that's what is presented here, and this is what God comes to bring, yeah. and that's what's I mean, seen. I love it. You know, that's that's the that that is the message here of Isaiah is that um, you know, that finally, you know, uh, uh, God has come. The Saint Edda James once sang, "At last, my love has come along." You know, mm-hmm. and in the midst of our loneliness and in the midst of the darkness, the message of Christmas is at last. My love has come along. That's that's how I feel every time you and I meet to record these podcasts, Jake. So it's fitting. Well, Titus chapter 3, short verses, 4, 5, 6, and 7. I mean, it sums up the whole Christmas thing. Uh, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. So goodness and loving kindness, this is baby Jesus. And he saved us not because of any works of righteousness we had done. We didn't deserve it. We weren't MVP. We didn't win the Heisman. You're not the best mother in the world. You're not the best dad in the world. You're not the world's greatest grandma. Despite what the postcards or things may say or the, the letter art on your wall that you got at Hobby Lobby, you're, you're a human. I love those cards, but uh, they are uh, they are condemning on a lot of levels because you're just like, I know Well, B- that BS kid. stands for bold sentiment. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I love cards. Yeah. So um, what is true uh, is that you are loved because God is merciful. This talks about baptism, the water of rebirth, the renewal of the Holy Spirit. 
if you're ha- if you have communion at your church on Sunday Eve, you can or on Christmas Eve, you can definitely talk about the, you know connected to the Spirit that God has poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, being justified. Like that's the message of of Holy Communion as well. Uh, I mean, you could literally just read Titus three again and sit down. That's absolutely right. I mean, it just preaches itself, basically. Well, so let's look now at Luke chapter 2. This is the famous passage from the Peanuts Christmas special, Charlie Brown. Yep, the Linus reads with his little blanket. And this is the story, and it just, golly, it just grabs the heart. And it is, it's a story where you have Mary and Joseph giving birth after traveling a long ways uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It is a story of need. They put him in a feeding trough, this baby, because there's no room in the guest room in this uh, first century Judean house. In I-N-N is a bad translation. I've harped on it before. I won't do it again. But uh, And then you have shepherds, blue-collar workers on the late shift, graveyard shift, who are the first ones that hear the news. So it's all this kind of stuff about God coming to humanity, not in its perfection, not because it deserves it, not because it's anybody at the red carpet at the Met Gala. It's God coming to uh, the trailer park outside of Mobile. It's God coming to you at rock bottom. It's God coming to you at your third attempt at rehab. It's God coming to you in the falling apart of your second marriage. It's God coming to you with your child, um, uh, costing you so much money in legal fees. Whatever the case may be, uh, this is where God comes to you. And this is the message. And this is why they're amazed. And it is, as the angel says to the shepherds, it is good news of great joy for all the people. And it comes to you not in sentimentality, uh, but in actual reality. Uh, that, is the, that is the whole point of verses 1 through 7, is that it is coming to you in real history, uh, meeting you right where you are at, uh, indeed, um, uh, in, in the armpit of your life. That is where this comes, but it comes to you in real history. It's really interesting. I was... Um, I was walking uh, with a colleague of mine today. We were at a we were at a lunch, and we we're coming back, and we walked past uh, the um, the Latter Day Saint Center, the Mormon Center, and uh, and I was talking because I grew up in Arizona, and uh, where there's a large Mormon contingent. And um, if you talk to any Mormon out there, it, it is not Mormonism's validity is not in its truth. Mormonism's validity is in its subjective helpfulness. Uh, Christianity flips all of that on its head and says, no, no, its validity is in its objective historical truth. Uh, God has entered into history and has added, has made actual claims about you. Uh, this, is a, this is a very powerful and important point that has to be gotten across, or else the Christian message is turned into sentimentality. Um, this isn't about feelings. This is about real deal, rubber hitting the road. Um, in a real place sto- uh, message and story. Yeah. And when I, the fullness, so, and this is how it connects to the epistle, sorry, but in yeah. the fullness of time, when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared. You know what I mean? This is, this is, this is about him really appearing. This isn't about just kind of feelings. He really appeared. 
Yeah, and I and I think this. I every year I'm struck by this that, that shepherds are the ones that get the news and they get to be the ones to see Jesus. Yes, because, because the shepherds suck. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. The freaks come out at night, uh, and, and he first yeah. appears to truck drivers in the middle of uh, in the middle of Highway 80 in Iowa. This at is the what flying we're talking J. about. Yeah, this is this is who God announces to first. It is and, now yeah. it, now um, for Luke. Luke, the shepherds symbolize Israel. You know what I mean? Because there is a there is a symbolism, but but no no Pharisee, no scribe would have ever associated with shepherds. Shepherds worked late at night. They were out there defending their sheep from all sorts of. They were they were they were they were they were lower class folks. These are these are folks who probably brace yourself, but showed up on January sixth. On one level, and uh, this is this is whom God makes His announcement to um, uh, first. And what Jake means by that is not the feast of the Epiphany, January sixth, but <laughs> yeah. the storming of the U.S. Capitol. That sort of uh, not to detract uh, from any kind of person out there, but the kind of folks that you might think of as as they're often portrayed stereotypically as less educated, etc. I mean, et this is what I find I find offensive about this story, and this is what every first reader would have found offensive yeah, about this. These story, are the shepherds. That, yeah, he rolls up, and these, there are two of these guys have MAGA hats on. I guarantee and the, it. And the thing about the. Um, <laughs> the uh the shepherds and this whole this whole business of the angels appearing to them and and including them in this in the story this connects to every hearer in your congregation because yes. even the most high class person in your congregation used to be low class there's two kinds mm. of people those who are currently low class and those whose grandparents were low class. So, like wherever you are right now, I don't care if you had your you were a debutante from Birmingham, uh, or as the Eagle sung about, the, all the debutantes in Houston couldn't hold a candle to you, baby. Whichever you know, people like to brag about coming over in the Mayflower. I'm like, you know, that means you were like poor, a refugee. And, like <laughs> everybody laughed at you. So uh, the the everybody in church on some level probably feels like they're not a very good Christian and that God doesn't have use for them. And they're sort of a little bit ashamed. And this message to the shepherds is is just such grace. And Mm. that's why the shepherds are terrified or in the King James, sore afraid. But Mm. the angel says to them, do not be afraid. And if, if, again, if I could have always boil it down to one thing for your people, the thing here for me, at least for this year, 2021, is do not be afraid because mm-hmm. people are terrified. They're terrified because the pandemic and all this stuff, but they're also just terrified because they don't feel like they're being doing a good job of being humans yeah. or being parents or whatever they need to be. And you not you don't need to be afraid. Why? Because God's not bringing you message a message of judgment. Uh, he is bringing you good news of great joy, That's and right. uh, and it is for all people. Um, uh, for the real you who, um, you know, not your, like we said last, not as we said earlier this week, not your ideal self, but for you, for all people. Um, and uh, what has come, the good news is that you've received not a judge, but in the city of David, you've received a savior. <laughs> that, I mean, that is amazing. And that is what I need to hear in, uh, as, uh, you know, as the year continues to unfold. I, I love it when you say 2022 um, really fast. It sounds like 2022, you know, it's, you know, like 2020 all over again. And so what I need to hear is I brace myself for this. I thought that was screamingly funny. But uh, um, what I need to hear is that... Uh, I was laughing on news. the inside. <laughs> 
that I need to hear of good news of a, not a judge, but of a savior. Yep. Well, so let's do a little PS here, Jake. Let's go ahead and cover uh, Christmas Day if you're preaching, and even, gosh, the 26th of December. It's sort of a preaching extravaganza if you are having services on Christmas Day and the 26th, mm-hmm. the Feast of St. Stephen. So, and I think just for Christmas Day, what is always read is the Gospel of John, the first 14 verses. It's the, sort of known as the prologue to John, and it's this famous, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, was with God, and the Word was God, etc., and I think there's a couple of things you can say about this. It's John's sort of circuitous way of writing, which doesn't always connect with us. But the thing that I would really dwell on is the fact that the Word became flesh and lived among us, dwelt with us. And this is God's will, that Jesus would come to us. And this is bananas, that God would take on human flesh and come into your life. But this means you have a God who can meet you where you are, who can save you, and who, if he if he's come into human flesh, he's redeemed every single part of your life. Uh, and that's, that's important. And I would keep it simple, and that's what I would say. Jake, what about you for Christmas mm. Day? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is all about, uh, this is all about uh, the incarnation. And, uh, you know, and what I would say is, is, um, you know, why the incarnation, basically, why, why the incarnation, and uh, why did this all have to take place? And the reality is, is because you and I are not good enough to stand before God on our own. Uh, that's why the incarnation, he has entered into the darkness, and uh, the darkness has not overcome it. And the, 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 the Greek word there for darkness is, I mean, we're talking about like uh, we are talking about, what's his name? He's the Texas author. He writes uh, Blood Meridian and the Road. Um, oh, Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, I mean, that's the All the pretty dark- horses. That's what we're talking about uh, with the darkness. So why the incarnation? Because we need someone like us in every way, yet without sin. Someone baptized for us, obedient for us, living for us, dying for us, rising for us, fulfilling the law for us. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's what I would preach about. Well, and I think if you're preaching on Sunday, December 26th, the first Sunday after Christmas, December 26th is the feast day of St. Stephen, but those are those readings are getting transferred to Monday the 27th because Sunday is the first Sunday after Christmas. So, And the readings for the first Sunday after Christmas are, uh, for the Old Testament, Isaiah 61, still in Isaiah, still about rejoicing and new growth and life and all this. That, and then you've got... Uh, a reading from Galatians, which is beautiful. But again, for the gospel, it's John 1. Now, we've added four extra verses here. John 1, not 1 through 14, but John 1, 1 through 18. And so I would hit on those new verses at the end. And one thing that has always been very powerful to me, that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And John says in that verse, no one has ever seen God. It's important to note that we don't know who God is unless God reveals himself to us. And what we see in God revealed, the incarnate uh, Son of God, Jesus Christ, is grace and truth, which is this message of love and forgiveness, essentially. And again, I would keep it short, and that's what I would focus on. Well, and I think that's absolutely right. And I think, you know, if you're going to point folks, especially on those last few verses in John's Gospel, I mean, you could talk about really, uh, for your people, uh, the eight that actually show up this on the 26th, um, yeah. you know, because they've been to church either Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. So the eight people that actually show up Uh, you may want to tell them where God is incarnated today, you know, because Christianity is a tangible religion, and it's about right now. And you can remind them that God is continuing to meet them in his incarnation, in in his preached word, where you hear that Jesus 
uh, Christ has forgiven your sins. Uh, you encounter the incarnated word today in water when you're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in bread, you know, where you hear uh, this is his body broken for you. And so, you know, you don't need to go uh, groping about looking for God in a place or an experience because God has come to us. And he's come to us, uh, born of Mary, and he dwells among us by the Holy Spirit, that we too, just like those first apostles, might behold his glory. And now hidden in ordinary things, but soon, in time, revealed in the fullness of his glory when he returns. And the final thing I would say about this is, if you have, you'll have more people, I think, come on the 26th, because it is a Sunday, than on the 24th, or that on, on the 25th, on Christmas Day itself. Because they'll come on Christmas Eve, they're going to take a break on Christmas Day, but they will come on the 26th, some of them will. And um, there's always that post-Christmas letdown, as the glow fades and all that, so you can address that. But I think... It's also getting close to the new year, and um, maybe people did things on Christmas they now regret, and they're there at church on the 26th. And one thing you can say at the end here, this wonderful passage about John the Baptist, you have to tell your congregation that when it says John testified to him, it's confusing because this is the Gospel of John, and then here's another John. And let them know that this is a different John who's talking about Jesus in a book that was written by John the Evangelist. So straighten that out for your folks, but then say, John the Baptist says that the one who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. And what that means is that John the Baptist, the one who tells people to get better, that's not enough. And what we need is someone greater, and that is Jesus Christ. The one who doesn't say get better, but the one who fulfills the law for us. And I think that's a powerful message for the Sunday after Christmas when people are feeling maybe back to regular old life and I'm not good enough and I've got to get better for the new year and all this stuff. You can say that getting better, that's John the Baptist message and it doesn't work. But the Jesus message is grace and truth. And that's what I would say on mm-hmm. December 26th. That's yeah. wonderful, Aaron. Thank well, you. Well, there we go. Well, thank you. Right now, Jake, thank you. <laughs> well, as we end, uh, remember, if you can support Mockingbird with a year-end gift, you got a few more days to do it, and we'd be so grateful. Uh, and go to ember.com slash support. But whether you do, whether you don't, Jesus loves you. Wish you a very Merry Christmas tide. And we look forward to talking to you again about preaching in the new year. And happy uh, advance epiphany. Somebody's looking. Somebody wonders what you're doing today You know we crucified him, buried him But three days later, well, the stone got rolled away and yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production, and remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.